This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightful.com, fightfulwrestling.com. It is October 9th. It is time for week two of the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. If you are new to this podcast, very special type of show. Usually we have Alex Palowski and Warren Hayes on. Alex is on vacation. Jeremy Lambert, who you all are familiar with from getting his ass stomped in a mock draft. And maybe you are familiar with him from all the great writing he does. Uh, check him out on Patreon. Lots of great stuff to like about this fella. We've also got Warren Hayes here. But I'm going to break down how, how the show goes. First, roughly half hour, we break down AEW or NXT. We'll avoid spoilers from the other show. And uh, then the second half of the show is dedicated to the other program. Now, I've got Jeremy focusing on AEW tonight, correct? No. NXT. NXT, NXT tonight. <laughs> Thank Warren. God. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> show. Okay. So Warren's focusing on AEW. Because I saw a little smart-ass comment last week. Somebody said, "What? why did you even ask Warren about about the other show? Well, guys, it is 2019. We aren't exactly crowded around the one antenna-covered uh, black-and-white television. There are multiple screens. They keep their eye on the other show as well. But we have a specialist, so to speak, for each program. But we specialize in everything at Fightful.com, including Roderick Strong's tiny penis. <laughs> So leave us a thumbs up here. Subscribe. I want to thank everybody for all the Fightful Select subscribers. Thank you all so much. It means a lot. But let's jump into this review. We'll get into the plugs a little bit later. NXT is how we're going to kick this one off. Jeremy, what did you think of this episode of NXT in totality? It wasn't as strong in-ring-wise as compared to last week, which was a mini-takeover. But as far as just a show setting up the long-term goals of NXT, it was a stronger show in that sense. So I enjoyed the show. I thought it went by very fast. There was some good matches, most specifically the main event between Walter and Kushida. But overall, it was an easy two hours to watch. Yeah, these Wednesdays are fun. Like, there are some—honestly, a lot of Mondays I'm kind of dreading the workday and— it, it ain't that great. These Wednesdays seem easy. We got a super chat, and Jeremy, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, it says, NXT, sorry you have no chance against AEW. I stopped watching NXT because of that small gymnasium setup that turned me away. What is your opinion? It's a fair point. If you watch AEW, they're running in the big arenas. NXT, they're running in full sale, which only has 400. I think that's the next carrot that Vince and hunter paul are gonna dangle uh in december like well now we gotta move we gotta travel to come off as big leagues compared to aew warren what are your thoughts on this this assessment uh if this uh if uh, by the way thank you for the super chat and no disrespect but if you've been watching what have you been watching nxt but where have you been watching nxt before because it's always been in this gymnasium it's always been there it's always been in full sale and if you ask me we've talked about this before Especially since they moved onto USA, Full Sail feels like a supporting character in the whole production of NXT. The you know everyone who's there knows the wrestlers, knows the storylines, understands what's going on, and they're backing everything up with their energy, their enthusiasm. It might be like four or five hundred people in the audience, but man, they feel like they're five thousand. So it's it's funny because our first uh, super chat, and by the way, guys, if you didn't get notified. That, that we can't help that. Uh, YouTube decides to notify people when we go live whenever they want at this point. But um, someone says NWA Power is wrestling or Southpaw Regional wrestling for real. No, it, <laughs> it was a damn good show. And it's in a right. studio setting. It's in a much smaller setting. And we're looking at it. It's going to hit 300,000 viewers across Facebook and YouTube by tomorrow. That's That's nuts that we're talking about that today. And it was good. But let's go ahead and kick off uh, this show. NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So no longer the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. 
Jeremy, do you think, or actually I'll throw this into Warren, do you think they changed the color of the title from purple to black? Oh, uh, they have to. I've, the, the purple strap has always bugged me. I always thought it really looked like a, yeah, it really looked like a big Jolly Rancher ultimately. But no, I, I hope they do. Uh, of course, it really leaves the whole 205 Live thing up in, in the air. You know, they didn't air 205 Live last week, last Friday after SmackDown, like they said they would. What are they going to do with it? I mean, uh, ultimately, this is something that we've talked about a lot. If they bring the cruiserweights over to NXT, have them perform on full sale, they'll be much better served than after a SmackDown on a Friday night after all the big stars have been have passed. I mean, it'll be it'll be better for everyone ultimately. Jeremy, this match, uh, Leo Rush captures the cruiserweight title. I thought it was an awesome match. Great thing to go up against Young Bucks and Private Party as well, which we won't give away spoilers for, but we always knew Leo Rush was good, and the issue with Leo Rush on the main roster from the wrestlers I talked to was that he also knew how good he was, and maybe that caused some issues. He's realizing that potential now. It's been a real roller coaster ride for him this year, but he got it done, and I think it was the right choice. I agree. The match was all action from start to finish, which was great. You're right that it was the perfect uh, counter to Young Bucks and Private Party. I'm glad Leo Rush got the win. It Builds on my theory that if you want to get a big push in WWE, be unhappy, request your release, go away for a little while, come back, and then you're the biggest star in the company. And now he is the Cruiserweight Champion. I thought that was the right call as well. It freshens that up. I hope they just stay on NXT and with Warren that it's a dead show Fridays after SmackDown. I It's, it's a dead totally show any night it. of the week. Sorry well, to interrupt, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I think you could put it on Wednesdays at 10 uh, on the WWE Network, following NXT, just have it at full sale, and I think you could do something there. But otherwise, in the big arenas, like everyone's leaving after mm-hmm. Raw or SmackDown. So, uh, but Leo Rush, good call, and I look forward to his uh, title run. He's going to be working probably pre-shows. Are they still doing pre-show <laughs> cruiserweight title matches. Well, I mean, I don't know if he will be or not because it's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship yeah. now. So maybe he won't be, but. I I love Leo Rush. I said the for every time I had got a chance to talk about this guy, I would say I would recall back to the first time I saw him live, which was the September 2017 NXT tapings, and I think it was him and Velveteen Dream, and Leo Rush did things that I physically was shocked that he could do and still have like ACLs in his knees. Like it, it was amazing the things that he he was able to do. Uh, this was an excellent match. You should definitely go out of your way to check this out. And Leo Rush, through through all the stuff, like he had heat because of stuff with, with Drew and with Balor and with Mark Henry, and he's he's a smart guy. Let me tell you guys that. Because when all that, that heat came down and the reports came out, it wasn't about the heat when he spoke out. It was about how he didn't get paid and how he didn't get opportunities. And he's getting his name chanted at what can sometimes be a pretty tough crowd, depending on they'll like who they want to like type of thing. And Leo Rush is is commanding that crowd. William Regal came out and put the belt on Leo. He and Drew shook hands. Uh, did did that surprise you that he got this full like full presentation, Jeremy? I loved it. I thought it was fine. Um, I would have actually liked to see Gulak just kind of be a dick and not do that but what can you do uh sean did you know leo rush is a fan of rap music i did and i actually enjoy his music <laughs> can morrow stop oh did he say that it? over and no- he stop so it was just like meek mill just like fabulous i don't know if he used fabulous but he uh, definitely used mill and he just name dropped every rapper he's ever heard of i had a fabulous album 18 years ago <laughs> Listen, um, uh, Breathe was a banger, so I don't care what anyone says. Tegan Knox video package officially makes Aubrey Edwards the first Rick Rude of this Wednesday Night War era. We see her <laughs> two years ago tending to Tegan Knox. Good to see that she'll be back. Rhea Ripley uh, versus Aaliyah. Oh, boy. Lots to like about Rhea Ripley. She challenged Shayna Baszler after this. Let me tell you guys, that Cloverleaf is my favorite submission move in wrestling. I asked my catch coach about it. He's like, I don't know if there's a shoot shoot name for it. It would work a little bit better if she held the toes. But not only is she doing that and elevating it, and it looks a lot better than Sarah Logan's. It, a little weird to me that Sarah Logan started to use that on the main roster this year after Rhea Ripley used it in UK. But uh, 
Then she slams her opponent down with it. Uh, Warren, I'll ask you, what do you think about her decision to call out Shayna Baszler? Because personally, I think it's the right move. Well, it's the it's the perfect move. Uh, just why, when NXT was still being taped and uh, she appeared out of nowhere to confront Shayna Baszler, I was sitting there and was like, finally, someone is someone is producing my fan fiction. Finally, you know, <laughs> uh, this is exactly this is exactly where they have to go. I mean. When you think about where we're landed in the uh, in the women's division right now, Shayna has defeated. Uh, if we think about who's left, she's defeated Io Shirai. She's defeated Candice. She's beaten Bianca seventeen times. It feels like uh, uh, Dakota Kai's just come back. There's a story there to tell, but uh, I don't think Dakota is in a position where she's credible enough as of yet. Rhea Ripley just walks in. She's taller than she is. She looks the part. She acts the part. Uh, Ripley is so much in command of her character. It's crazy how much she's developed since the Mae Young Classic last year. It's phenomenal. She's so much in command of who she is. She understands what her character is, and that's what puts her over. This is uh, this is a smart move to go back to this well. And you know, it's she's a credible threat. She just looks credible up uh, up against uh, Baszler. So uh, this was a squash, as it should be, Jeremy. All four squash matches, especially with Rhea. Yeah, yeah, and uh, love the call out as well. And with Warren, that it makes perfect sense. Shayna has run through seemingly everyone. I think you could have told the Dakota Kai story. Uh, losing to Bianca tonight kind of hurts that. It certainly hurts her credibility and potentially challenging Shayna in the near future. Uh, maybe in the distant future that can happen. But for the near future, Rhea Ripley makes a ton of sense to go up against Baszler. Reminder, guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium service. Warren and Jeremy both have Patreon accounts. Make sure you guys check them out as well. So uh, it's... <laughs> It's funny, Rhea has these like very simple moves like an ankle lock that she just folds over no figure four. She's got a pump handle slam that she sits out with. But when she does those moves, they become so much her own and so different. And I love it. And and like you said, Warren, she looks the part. And Dakota Kai, we, I mean, to be fair, we've seen her get her elbow stomped out by Shayna like so many times. Mm-hmm. And she spent so much time away. It's, it's going to take some some rehabilitating. Yeah, for for her image, definitely. It's going it's going to take a little time, which is why I still think there's a story to be told here. There is the story. It's a you know, like Jeremy said, it's a little unfortunate for the result of the result of her match against Bianca Belair this evening to go towards that, you know. But there is a story to tell of Dakota Kai mounting her comeback, coming back putting her rising basically from from those injuries that she had because she was positioned to feud with the horsewomen with Shayna and and the horsewomen uh just before she got injured she was uh, she was in a trio with uh with Io Shirai and uh Kyrie Sane so who knows what have come out of that um but that story is still there it's not lost you could pull it out anytime you have those great visuals of Shayna crushing her arm so yeah, this can happen. This can happen again, but it's it's going to be a long term thing. The Forgotten Sons, which I truly wish I could forget, had oh, a match God. against Brizongo. Brizongo had a neat little entrance, and <laughs> I saw I saw <laughs> Brizongo. I just saw that when I they came out as construction workers. It was fantastic. They had some construction but... worker girls. It's all right. Fandango. They're is... going through the entire YMCA here. I like it. I like it. Uh, I Fandango's like it hilarious. That dude's hilarious. Yeah, uh, the I, Forgotten... I, as, far, I, as far as the YMCA thing, though, I don't think they're going to go through the uh, the uh, Native American. Hopefully chief, not. I'm Hopefully pretty sure they're not. Pull back on that one. So the Forgotten Sons attack the, the jobber opponents and take the place and end up winning this match jeremy how do you feel about this you you bypass the forgotten sons in your draft i figured you would say you know what i don't want cena as my celebrity wrestler i want the forgotten sons first off how dare you call ever rise jobbers they i think they lost the last week they're they're jobbers. they lost imperium um uh yeah i 
I don't know why they should forget the Forgotten Sons. Honestly, they they do nothing for me. Brizongo is entertaining. They should have just won here, and the Forgotten Sons should be moved to NXT UK. Well, this may come as a surprise to you, but when I interviewed Buddy Murphy, he told me he does not see Wesley Blake making a Murphy esque move to two hundred and five pounds. <laughs> That's because Buddy Murphy is awesome, and Wesley Blake is on the Forgotten Sons. Yes, yes. Uh, don't think he's making that cut anytime soon. I wish they'd just get cut. Well, I wish we're <laughs> a- God, Jeremy. I said move him to NXT UK. What's worse, getting cut or being moved to NXT UK? I mean, they fit the profile. They're be- bearded white guys. <laughs> we all look like we could pop up on NXT UK next <laughs> week and get a push. Uh, Cameron Grimes needs to push his hat uh, down yeah. a goddamn trash can. He won a squash match. That's your boy, Jeremy. Your North yeah, Carolina the boy. The goat Cameron Grimes beating uh, what are you, Boa. <laughs> I can't make any Chinese references with all the drama going on there, so <laughs> I won't. But Cameron Grimes getting it done as he should. Oh my God! Yeah, this was a squash match. Warren, say something about the dumbass hat. Now, hang on a second. I, 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 again, I saw this like out of the corner of my eye. Killian Dane ran in after, correct? That's what happened, right? Yeah. Well, be, as he saw Killian Dane make for the ring, Cameron Grimes hit the bricks. But what he, did he do before hitting the bricks? Sean, Jeremy, he went for his hat. He went and grabbed his hat because a hat that fine, you do not leave behind. All right. So Killian Dane came out and whipped Boa's ass, dropped him across the announce table. We get a video package for Damian Priest and Pete Dunne. That's happening next week, and I can't wait for that match. Jeremy, we've got Damian Priest against Pete Dunne. We've got uh, Tommaso Ciampa and then Keith Lee and Dominic Dijak, who I will not call by whatever the hell they're calling him right now. Uh, I don't need all those extra consonants involved. I don't need that. Next week's shaping up real damn good. Champa against Angel Garza. Yeah. Which, if they give it time, I don't know if they should, but if they do, like that's probably going to be awesome. Even if they only give it five minutes, it's probably going to be awesome. So, yeah, next week, it's tough for NXT to just have a card with bad matches on it with all the talent they have. We'll get to the uh, hilarious Champa thing in a moment. <laughs> but Roderick Strong and, and Swerve Scott... It's just an embarrassment of riches. We were talking about that, about our mock draft, when we realized, like, Elias was going in the 24th round. It's like, I mean, there's there's such a wealth of talent on the main roster. That's the case in NXT, too. Like, there's a two-hour show, and you you still don't really need the Forgotten Sons on that show. Like, you, <laughs> Matt Riddle wasn't on this show. Keith Lee and Dominic Dijak weren't on this show. Uh, there, there were a lot of people not on this show. Uh, what did you think about Scott versus Strong? Good match. Roderick Strong is he's awesome. He's been awesome for so long. I'm glad Isaiah Scott got some shine. He uh he lost to my boy Cameron Grimes in the first round of the breakout tournament. Um but he faced Gulak on a two oh five live episode for the title. Isaiah Scott, Shane Strickland, great talent. Uh like that he got the shine here. Roderick Strong winning, obviously the right call, and then we had the post match ankle that I chose to write about that was not commissioned by Sean, which sometimes he will do. I made that decision on my own. Uh, that, that's the freedom you get when you work for Fightful.com. So, uh, Warren, after this match, Roderick Strong beats Swerve Scott with the Stronghold. Adam Cole's cutting a promo, and they get interrupted by Velveteen Dream. And he shows up on the balcony and he posts photoshopped images of Strong, implying that he has little to no genitals, as David, <laughs> as Ryan Cook uh, wrote so eloquently. Your thoughts on Roderick Strong's tiny penis? I, 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 saw, I saw the gifts of the images on Twitter. First of all, that balcony is growing on me so much. Like the... Was it last week where we got the shot of the Undisputed Era? Yeah, it was last week where we mm-hmm. got the shot of the Undisputed Era up on the balcony, all four of them with their titles. That was fa- looking down. It was fantastic. Now, of course, Velveteen Dream is going to be up there. That's where he belongs. That's fantastic. <laughs> and it is the 
most velveteen dream thing to do. It's like, you know, Roderick Strong saying to himself, I'm, I'm going to do the Shawn Michaels thing with the belt, you know. But Dream is like, no, no, no. You think you're being cute? You think you're being, you think you're clever? You think you can get the spotlight? No, 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 no. I got this. My <laughs> the God. Picture, the picture is just ridiculous. It's fantastic. Jeremy, I guess since you wrote an article about it, you are an expert on Roderick Strong's <laughs> tiny penis. I will say Marina Shafir posted a picture of herself in a wheelchair at Disney World and said, me after our wedding night. So that was I mean, funny. She would she would know hopefully better than Velveteen Dream. So I will take Marina's word over Velveteen's Photoshop. It was because it's Velveteen Dream. He can get away from get away with it. Uh, I don't know if anyone else could possibly pull this off. And they've clearly taken Brazzers and Blue Chew up on the offer to you know finish strong and no no pun intended i guess uh with, with all of this so uh it was what it was i don't have much to add to it and roderick strong has an alleged tiny penis man <laughs> uh, man so uh that was definitely a thing that happened backstage garza shows up during a champa interview and says some things to him oh wait 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 champa no champa coming out after this was awesome absolutely awesome this dude got a big time major star reaction the crowd obviously loves him comes down sits down in his chair it's like goldie daddy's home huge pop for that huge uh chant from the crowd and undisputed air just cowers away from this man he came off like such a big deal on this show i love well, backstage, Garza comes up and starts saying some things in Spanish in which Ciampa just elbows him in the face. And when Kathy Kelly says, what did he say? Ciampa says, I have no idea. Jeremy, this this is a good way to make a baby face without pandering. Yeah. Ciampa, Ciampa rules. Uh, he's a fantastic heel. He has to be a baby face on this comeback because he was going to be cheered no matter what. And they're doing the right thing with him. When he eventually turns, whenever that might be, he's going to be a great heel once again. But Tommaso Ciampa, I'm glad this man is back in my life. We have people saying, oh, what about TVPG? Uh, TVPG, is, this isn't the MPAA or ESRB. They can put whatever they want on a TVPG show. They can have Keith Lee come out there bare-assed, slapping his cheeks. For, for all they want. It's not, it's not, th- it, like, that's not a thing. Uh, by the way, guys, send a super chat if you want your questions or statements read live on the air. BDog0701 says Dakota should team with Tegan Knox and get the tag titles. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, Warren. Well, aren't they on Team Kick? They're Team Kick, right? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. They know each other. They have a history. Sure, absolutely. Rob Wilkins says got TLC tickets today. Fingers crossed for red lights. I don't know what that means, Rob. I don't understand the reference, my dude. Uh, we also had Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. You know, just a couple of superstars here, but Bianca is one step above that. Like, she's got it to a special degree. She ends up winning this match. I think she needed to keep winning matches. I, honestly, it would not shock me if anybody gets moved up. To the main roster. It would not surprise me to see Matt Riddle, Street Profits, Bianca Belair. But the thing is, if the Street Profits go on a brand, Bianca's probably going on that brand too. Because WWE likes to keep the married couples together nowadays. Unlike you in our mock draft. You split up brothers. You split (laughs) up teams. You split up married couples. What would you think of Bianca's performance? Good. I, the booking was a little weird because I thought Dakota also needed a win uh, on her comeback. But if she's losing, I guess that's a, kind of the longer-term story they are telling there. But Bianca certainly needed the win as well because she is a star and she had been taking some losses lately. And I hope she does get moved up. I don't know. If she's not going to win the title in NXT, I don't know what else she can really do down there. And she she does have that star quality, and everyone knows it. So put her on the main roster. She, Heyman will probably love her. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Kai losing this early after her return I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I think there just needs to be a little something 
a little something more there for her. Like, she fits the NXT profile, but I just think there's just a little bit that she needs to really set herself off. Uh, Warren, where do you see Dakota Kai going from here? Um, If you had... uh... I think her biggest competition right now is Candice LeRae mm-hmm. as far as booking goes, because um, I think I think um, she has this underdog babyface quality, very natural that comes to her that makes you want to cheer for Dakota Kai. But the thing is, is that Candice LeRae has it as well. Uh, and they've clearly started positioning Candice as as exactly that plus pulling out you know these great matches and uh coming very very close to winning them you know never looking weak in defeat um so I I really think that's Dakota Kai's biggest challenge to be perfectly transparent with you guys I'm surprised that Dakota Kai came back to NXT I thought they were going to send her to NXT UK where she did have some matches last year before her injury, she had she took Tony Storm to her to Tony Storm's best match of her entire NXT UK run over there last uh, last fall. So I thought there was more of a place for her there. I think she does make sense there. She fits in great. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I uh, I as well find it a little strange that she loses straight out of the gate after her return. You know, there there was a story to tell from her recovery. She got a huge pop last week when she when she returned. Because she has that natural like uh, likability, <laughs> you know, to to get herself over, I, it'll be really interesting to see where the, where it goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if they send her overseas. Well, there was some likability to Kushida versus Walter. Walter ended up winning with the ripcord lariat. That uh, that overrun really really benefiting NXT in this. And I mean, ten ten. It looks like that's the case every week. Uh, Jeremy, this is this is a win for NXT in that regard. If they're gonna keep putting on main events like this, sure. And last week was great with the tag team title match as well. I'm glad that they do have this overrun because when I saw this match was getting started at about ten till, I was like, okay, it's probably gonna be good. But an eight minute Walter Kushida match is you know an eight minute Walter Kushida match. We deserve so much more. And then they do the overrun, so we got like a fifteen minute Walter Kushida match. Like yes, this is what I signed up for. Do uh, do we deserve rolled... more though? Do we? I'm not sure if we do. We wrote an article. You wrote an article about Roderick Strong's tiny penis today. That's exactly why we deserve more. <laughs> That's a good point. We wrote an article about Roderick Strong's tiny penis. Um, the match was great. I like the, the, I don't know if they'll do anything with it, but the little quick tap Walter did when he was in the hoverboard lock, um, even Morrow kind of pointed it out, the, the Chael Sonnen tap out, I guess. I hope that is addressed and they sort of play into that. If they don't, then I think that could be a, a missed opportunity to at least do a rematch sometime down the line, but Match was great. Uh, both guys are awesome. And Kushida lost because he had to go with the not-all-caps version of his name. Yeah, uh, this is such a great contrast of styles. Really dug it. I mean, Kushida is one of the best submission guys in wrestling. Like, I, I love his work. And Walter, uh, Walter, it, he can be that and has been that. And he can be a bruiser. He can do so many different things. I thought this was just an, an excellent match. It fit the profile of an NXT main event. Like a couple weeks ago when we had the split shows and it was on the WWE Network, man, that, that second hour was real underwhelming and eh, I, w- I wasn't there for it. But Jeremy, how would you you grade this NXT show overall? A minus? Um, hey. I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not a teacher, so I probably rate pretty high. You do a the... power ranking every week. It's practically the same thing. Yeah, those are numbers, not letters. So you're a mathematician. <laughs> no, that was uh, – remember, we're bad at math. Andrew carried the math portion That's, that's a good us. point. That's a good point. Uh, Zach uh, yeah, Con- it... Well, Zach Connor says, I'm intrigued at what the War Games card will be. What are you seeing on that show? Undisputed Era against Ch- – Champa, Balor, Dream, and we'll go with Johnny Gargano. 
in the main event. See, I think that is the War Games match. Now, here's the thing that I hate. I, I think Balor needs a group of his own. Badly. Because uh, he has not shown me anything anywhere that makes me think he should be a tip-top guy, and he's going to be on this brand. And the thing that I, I find frustrating, I always hate it when they just throw a bunch of guys against Undisputed Era, and it feels like those bunch of guys always win. It just feels like that. Uh, Warren, do you see anything in the cards for uh, NXT War Games? Uh, I, I'd toss in a third faction in there. I'd toss Imperium into the mix because you you need, uh, it, it, despite the fact that Undisputed Era are supposed to be heels, you guys know how the audience reacts to them. They're very much appreciated and loved for what they do. Uh, Imperium, there's no question. You just dislike these guys. They're made to be disliked. That's what they do. And, you know, Jeremy's suggestion for the babyface team is it's it's crazy. It's it's just nuts. But and as it pertains to Finn Balor getting a group, well, I mean, that would be innovative when it comes to NXT, because as we know, babyfaces on main card don't have any friends. Yeah. So maybe 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 once you head over to NXT, then maybe you're able to get a couple of buddies over and have them hang around for what may wear wear matching polo shirts or something. And of all those people that, that Jeremy mentioned, you can still fill out fill out a card with the, whoever you have left, and that's that's good. Because I mean, an NXT card, five six matches maybe. You get your cruiserweight title match. You've got your women's title match. Another women's match. And then something else, man, you've still got plenty there. NXT, uh, I thought was, was a very, very good show tonight. Uh, I really dug it. We're going to move on and talk about AEW in a minute. Subscribe to Fightful Select, guys. My Q&A show will go up probably uh, Thursday if you guys are listening to this. We did like three of them last week. We usually do them every other week. Our next goal, when we hit a, a certain number of subscribers, I will be doing these Q&A shows every week. And you guys can ask me as many questions as you want. You get early access to articles like Jeremy's Power Rankings. You get uh, interviews before anybody else. You get a lot of exclusive news. We have broken some big stories. Uh, As I was telling these fellas off the air, I was up all night on Sunday night talking to wrestlers that you guys would be very surprised were willing to talk to anybody. Like just people in general. Humans. Let alone, uh, <laughs> let, alone. <laughs> let me just say this without saying who it was, Warren. Is that an understatement? Okay, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Got a little update on Sasha Banks. Uh, got uh, a lot of stuff going up there in the coming days, as always. But All Elite Wrestling, kind of, I don't want to say headlined by, but really... Uh, Really kind of headlined by, in my eyes, a top contender match. Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc. But uh, it started off with the tournament match. Uh, Young Bucks against Private Party. Now, here's the thing. It was a quote-unquote upset. And we'll we'll have Jeremy lead with this. A quote-unquote upset. But I think that among the possible upsets, this was the one that we saw coming the most. Definitely. Um, Young Bucks, they're going to be over regardless. They can afford losses. You make a stars with... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Private party here. They've been getting great reactions um, in all of their matches because they are a cool moves team. I'd like to see kind of more almost psychology out of them. Uh, people might hate when I use that word, but 
as far as just cool moves, getting the crowd to pop on everything, they do that perfectly. They do that very well. So I'm glad the private party won. I think that was the right call here. The Young Bucks lose absolutely nothing because they are the Young Bucks. They're always going to be cheered. Private party, now they come off like a big deal. And I hope that they're not beat. Who they face in the next round? Hopefully not the Dark Order. I hope they're not beat in the <laughs> next round. I hope they make it to at least the finals. Yeah, I think they should be the team that makes it to the finals and then gets beaten and they can kind of chase. Warren, this match was guano crazy. Uh, this match, uh, if, if you ask me, and you are, this is, this is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite match since uh, of the past two weeks uh, in AEW. As far as AEW goes, this was absolutely fantastic. This was it. This was the first really great AEW match. Not that we didn't get good matches last week, we did, but this was a step above. Uh, 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 man, Isaiah Cassidy is. He's delightful to watch. I he's so so smooth and graceful and good. I love everything this guy does. He's really really good. I myself was uh, as well a little surprised um, about the Young Bucks winning, but I'll let you run through the match, Sean, and maybe cap off with my thoughts about that at the end. Well, first off, I just want to say, are you guys familiar with uh, the New Jack match where he stabbed a guy fourteen times? Yeah. Yes. Rick Knox would not have called a DQ in that match. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that Rick Knox does not care what any two humans do to one another. He doesn't. He it wasn't it was Rick Knox who main who was the rep for the main event last week, right? Yeah. Wasn't it him? Yeah. I mean, technically he, doesn't, he, doesn't he, care. he was there. I don't know if he refed it, but he was there in the ring with a shirt on. That did happen, yes. We, we needed Rick Knox to main or to ref Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that was a battle. That's yes. Howard calling for a DQ. That's or a match stoppage. Sorry. That that would have been the best course of action for everybody. This guy does not care about the rules. And I'm I'm going to be honest. I thought AEW Dark sucked. I thought that show sucked because of the the. Quite frankly, the tag team wrestling just was not good there. I thought it was all over the place. This couldn't have been more opposite. This was a lot more streamlined. There were uh, a lot of great spots here. A lot of, like, it, they put you in doubt that the upset would happen. They put you in doubt that Private Party would win. A, a lot of things. Warren, what were some of your favorite spots and highlights of this match? I, uh, um, uh, Mark Quinn, when he, uh, did, he did a pair of dives to the outside and gets back in, excuse me, then gets back, I'm already <laughs> excited, gets back into the ring. He, he, and then he, he topic on helos onto the other side, runs back into the ring. Fosbury flops onto the other side and he did this like it, it was a sprint. I really thought that was fantastic. I love the, uh, the, uh, double team slice bread that the, uh, that the Bucks did. Uh, they also did a double team uh, stomp uh, into a uh, into a, a backbreaker as well on on Quinn, but uh, man, that there what did they call it the uh, wine and gin uh, the 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 hurricane run into the cutter right that's so so good and I don't understand why that's not their finisher that should end the match that that's a pinfall it's an explosive move it's amazing it requires timing. I think Why doesn't that end the match? I think it's because every single person on the roster uses a cutter. Everybody. But, yeah, but out of a hurricane runner. That, that's the thing. Everybody uses the cutter, but they don't just use the cutter. They, like, do some handstand into it, or they slingshot into it, or they roll, and then they jump up and they do it, or some frilly shit. Back in my day, you just <laughs> grab somebody in a cravat and you drop to your back. <laughs> That's all you had to do. This was an incredible match. Uh, followed up by what I thought was an incredible promo. Jeremy, how much of this promo did you get to see? I saw the majority of it because this is when NXT had Fandango or Brizongo <laughs> against the Forgotten Sons. And I was like, forget this. Um, Chris, well, Chris I'll Jer run down it really quick. Chris Jericho has named them the, this group the Inner Circle. He puts over how pretty Sammy Guevara is. He puts over Santana and Ortiz, who I really hope are not named Proud and Powerful, because that name sucks. Mm -hmm. Sucks. And they are mm -hmm. better than that. 
But he also put over Jake Hager. And the, the interesting thing about that, Jeremy, was when the crowd chanted We the People and maybe some of the most thunderous We the People chants we've ever heard, Jericho said, No, that sucks. Don't say it. It's dead. It was shitty creative. Now, I don't necessarily think that referring to creative in the middle of a wrestling show is a hot idea. But just saying, it sucks, it's done, I thought would have been great. I didn't care for that either. And then Jericho used his uh, list gimmick as well. So he buried one WWE gimmick and kind of put over his own. But yeah. Jericho probably came up with the own. I mean, we know he came up with the list gimmick himself. So he's just putting himself over some yes. more. Chris Jericho rules. I, I tweeted this out. Like, he's probably, he's highly, highly praised. And he's probably still underrated in as far far as the grand scope of things because you don't think of him next to austin rock flair all these guys and maybe he shouldn't be but at the same time his longevity i i really ponder is aew where it's at without chris jericho and i'm not sure it is yeah i i wasn't originally in that boat but seeing promos like this i'm like yeah okay i'm starting to understand the things that he says and, and i'm sure a lot of it's rooted in his gimmick warren but Mm-hmm. Damn, the guy's real good. Yeah, he. I mean, I don't remember who I saw mention this um, following up on the uh, on the NWA show, and it kind of applied tonight when I watched this and when I saw John Moxley's uh, promo that he uh, that he put out on social media. You know, the art of the promo is sort of making a comeback. You know, it's been scripted so long by WWE, we've forgotten. Just how good some uh, some of those guys and gals can be just when you let them ride, when you let their own character and their own imagination run here. And I think, of, well, of course, Jericho is one of the, one of the best uh, in that field. I will say, though, that I was a little off-put by all the references. It's fine because... Because it is the Wednesday Night Wars and what whatnot, but you know he did he mentioned the list you know mentioned Eddie Guerrero and that's fine because he has a he has history with Eddie that's that's okay, but then he also mentioned he yeah the the you the, the you the people stuff but he also said you know whether whether it's an MMA guy or a former MMA guy or a boxer that you put in the ring with me and I'm like. All right, all right. We get it. We get it. You know, you we we get what you're doing, Chris. Why don't you tell us about what you're doing instead? So that put me off a little, but a little because it was really, really good. Not sold on the inner circle name. It feels very uh, feels very corporate. I'm not. I don't know. It doesn't jive. It doesn't jive with the uh, with Jericho. If you'd call them the Judases, I would like that. <laughs> You know, or something to that effect. Well, a lot of people do talk about W about AEW not being able to not talk about WWE, but that's typical wrestling war stuff, right there. I mean, we we saw yeah. it for years. I, I I know what you mean. And I mean, it's it, it's it's a personal gripe, really. I'm just like, yeah, sure. you know, yeah, the, okay. You're mentioning what's happening with with. Velasquez and Fury. Okay, we get it, but you know, focus on your stuff. I did like that Jericho constantly took shots at. Cody's family. That was yes. that was good stuff. Also, I really dug the Darby Allen Jimmy Havoc match. Like mm-hmm. I saw Darby Allen wrestle live probably like three years ago, and I saw him he climbed a pole that was in the San Antonio sweat box, as every building in San Antonio is because the city sucks. But then he jumped out of like the ceiling onto just a group of people. It was a coffin drop, and it was unbelievable. And this guy has just kept getting better and better and better. And I know a lot of people talk about his reckless style and say it could cost him Warren. But the thing that I like is that he isn't half-assing anything. The highlight no. of AEW Dark to me was his suicide dives, which I think he should only do one of. I think he should only yep. do one of because one of his looked way better than five from Moxley or Rollins or Lethal or anybody. He's got the best-looking suicide dive I've ever seen, Warren. I agree, uh, and that's what makes him fantastic. He's he's he just pours his entire body into what he does. Uh, I think one of the reasons why the coffin drop is so fantastic it's not because not because it looks necessarily painful. It just looks frightening for him. It's like it's literally he's just crossing his arms and dr- letting himself tumble off the uh, tumble off the, the the top rope. I mean, it, it's fantastic. Got to say, a little later on in the evening, we saw 
uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, no, wait, no, wait, or was it on? Uh, no, no, it was. Uh, sorry, it was on AW Dark. You see Orange Cassidy gr- climb up onto the uh, the top turnbuckle, and he, you know, sticks his hands in his pockets and does essentially the same thing. Now, if I'm AEW, I'm going over to to Orange and I'm saying, dude, you're gonna have to stop doing that. It looks too much like the coffin drop, and the coffin drop is a cool finisher, and does it he, has to stay. Does special. he jump when he does it? Uh, well, he sort of lets himself fall backwards. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, that it is too similar. But uh, Darby Allen, it's a picks, little too similar. Darby Allen picks up the win. We're going to refer to the power rankings uh, curator. Darby Allen has not. I don't think he's been pinned yet. And if he has, it wasn't. It hasn't been in singles action. He did not win the Cracker Barrel match, but he didn't get pinned. He went to a draw with Cody. He, beat... he got pinned by Sean Spears in the six-man uh, six tag. Okay. Yeah. So from a singles perspective, he didn't get beat by Cody, who's got a title shot. He didn't get pinned in the Cracker Barrel match. He beat Shima, and he beat Jimmy Havoc. Do you think that's worthy of a title shot? Because as we heard Pac saying later, he didn't seem to think so. And Pac should, I mean, Pac beat the two guys Jericho beat, and Jericho has the title. So yeah. why doesn't Pac get a title shot? I don't mind that Allen got a title shot off of this because not a whole lot of people have singles wins in AEW. They, they've they done so many just like six-mans or, or um, mainly six-mans or, or triple threat matches that there aren't a ton of, of singles wins throughout the company. So mm-hmm. Allen getting it, and Allen was certainly the right call. I don't buy the whole like strength of schedule thing. Okay, so he beat Jimmy Havoc and he beat Shima, which... You're right, AEW Dark, not great, but the Allen and Shima match was most certainly the highlight of that show. And Allen, I thought, came off like a like a big star. Like Jimmy Havoc, he's beaten Joey Janela, who has zero wins in the company. So does that really count as a big win? Yeah. Uh, like Shima at least beat Christopher Daniels in, in singles match. So like that's an okay win. I guess Jimmy Havoc, since he does have a, a pinfall victory, is an okay win. I mean, Pac most certainly has a better claim though yeah definitely stronger then we have the women's tag match Riho and Britt Baker Dr. Britt Baker DMD against Bia Priestley and Emi Sakura now I I do not like the fact that they threw Britt Baker and Bria, Bia Priestley into two matches this week essentially back-to-back days tag matches against one another I would have tried to keep them apart as much as possible but I see what they were trying to do they were trying to build it Within that, but it's less special when I see it now. I'll tell you something I like. Dr. Britt Baker DMD's version of the Mandible Claw. How she applies the rings of Saturn with it and makes it her own. Mm-hmm. I like that. Also, I fear for her eventually getting her fingers bitten off by accident. Uh, Warren, what were your thoughts on, on the women's tag match? This was a, this was great. This was a lot of fun. I think it was smart for them to start off with uh, Sakura and Riho. Uh, trainer and trainee. They know each other really well. They play the same style. So that was fantastic. It was very, very stardom-esque to kick things off. So I thought that was great. Um, Priestley and Baker have good chemistry together. When they brawl, it's exciting. When they when they, when they they start laying into each other, I'm like, yes, yes, give me more of this. I think it was at Fighter Fest when they had that match where, where Britt got concussed. Um, it, it was the same thing when they when they're in the same environment. It just, there's just something that happens. They connect. They're ready to go. And my God, this was so much better than the women's tag match that we got on AEW Dark. It was it wasn't even close. Um, and I'm into the 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 Priestley Baker feud. I think that as as a second, as a secondary big women's feud outside of the outside of the world, uh, women's world title, I think this is fantastic. You've got two exceptional women who are ready to go at it and who feel electric. But yeah, you, now keep them apart. Now let's let's not put them in the ring uh, uh, at the same time anymore, and just just let that that tension climb because they i feel that when they they're 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 ready to uncork it'll be fantastic i'm looking forward to it i think it's good and this was a this was a this was a great tag team match as well yeah emmy sakura is a legend she has seen better days i'll say that she's Mm -hmm. there there were some spots that i didn't think she was giving her all on and that 
like there were like that. I think it was a double underhook backbreaker, and I was like, ah, that one just didn't look great. Uh, I felt the right person won this though. Uh, she should have uh, she should have taken the the submission Sakura and Britt Baker should have won this because then you don't beat Bea Priestley. Riho is already the champion, so you're all right, and uh, Britt Baker gets the win. <clears throat> a video air showing the best friends hugging. And then they're interviewed, and they they cut to Orange Cassidy. Jeremy, are you surprised that Orange Cassidy is this over? I mean, there are going to be a lot of people that just do not get him. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Elaborate. Don't Orange Cassidy me. He did that to Andrew. Andrew was like, Andrew was like hey, man, can I interview you? And he was like, yeah but it's not going to be much of an interview. And Andrew's like, <laughs> okay, then. And Andrew got like a good 40 seconds out of him, I think, and then just stopped. <laughs> uh, Orange Cassidy rules. No, I'm not surprised that he's this over. He's perfect for the AEW audience. Like, they they love him. He is an alternative, whether you like, uh, whether you agree with his style or don't agree with it, like he is an alternative to what you're going to see in WWE, and that's AEW's audience. So, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy is the absolute best. And then they ruined his pop by bringing out Sean Spears. <laughs> so Sean Spears comes out. <laughs> He's got a match with Moxley, which he loses. Uh, <laughs> I see you shaking you your head. To- we, we we got we got to talk about this a bit. We have to talk about Sean Spears. Okay. Uh, we 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 can gloss over Mox. He's fantastic. Like he is so in his element. It is ridiculous. The crowd just gobbles him up. It's amazing. What he does is fantastic. But we have to talk about about Sean Spears. Go we ahead. have to talk about the booking here. We have to talk about because I don't understand. He does seem dead understand. in the water. Well, and which is which is shocking. Which is shocking because between the chair shot and all out, he was probably he was on his way to becoming one of the on the in the tippy top of AEW. He was really hot. That interview that he cut with Jr. with Tully was phenomenal, and the match with Cody had legitimate hype. What what has happened since? There's Nothing. I thought it was it was strange to put Moxley and him in a match tonight because that was my big question is like, well, how do you protect both? That's how I was figuring my booking here, trying to figure out what they were going to do with this match. How do you protect both guys? Because you want both of them to be strong, right? You you want Mox to come out hot because he's just off of his injury. But don't you want Sean Spears, the chairman, the guy who brained Here's the thing. Cody Rose? You don't have to book it. No, you don't have to book exactly. Well, it's the it's the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins argument, yeah. right? All over again. You don't have to book it, but since we're confronted with it, Sean, then we have to think about it. Then we have to talk about it. I don't understand what they're doing. With is is he is he going indeed going to end up just being a good hand, or is this and and I'm just throwing this out there. Is this going to be? Is this going to turn out to be AEW's first booking bungle? Is this I, going to be the first character that they are going to mess up? I'll tell you what: there are worse stories to be told than Sean Spears losing a bunch of matches and somebody having an offhand comment to him saying, "Well, I guess you are just a good hand," and then him going batshit crazy, and that resets things. Jeremy, you know we complain about fifty-fifty booking a lot. I get the feeling there's going to be a lot of Point five hundred booking in AEW. You're going to see a lot of even or near even win loss records. I don't think they're going to do the oh well they're going to have four matches and each person's going to win two against the same person thing. I think it'll just be a lot of people having similar win loss records but against a bunch of different opponents. This was, I mean, this is what happens when you highlight win loss records. Is you probably will start to see like oh hey this guy's. 10 and 10 like is he really being as booked as we strong as we think he is and cody tried to uh shift the the argument a little bit by saying quality of wins really matters so i think so one person's 10 and 10 might be different than another person's 10 and 10 the sean spears thing he was honestly killed at all out i'm with warren that 
coming into all out he felt really hot the crowd was into him they put Tully Blanchard with him like it seemed like that was a great pairing he was the fifth most memorable guy in that match behind Cody MJF Tully and Arn and then it was was Sean Spears and he lost and it's like all right why do I have a reason to get behind this guy and then yeah they put him against Moxley and he wasn't gonna beat Moxley you're not gonna have him beat Moxley and Moxley's first big match first televised match first match so it is weird booking um considering that I'm not very high on Sean Spears to begin with I don't care that he's been booked like this because I don't I do think he is nothing more than a good hand yeah, um, that is that is a take, and you're gonna get shot on hard by Sean Spears probably. <laughs> He's gonna deny my interview request. God, he did. <laughs> good, but good the, point. But, but the the you know you can you can even make an argument real quickly that it's the same thing that happened tonight. Like again, like I, you know, I this what this was a good this was a, a solid match. They laid into each other. I thought it was fine. But, you know, Tully got involved, and the minute Tully gets involved, it's like, look at him. Look, he's he's getting physical. He's trying to hold Moxley back. He tosses Moxley into the stairs. So, again, you're like, hmm. So, uh, Moxley ends up winning. Omega comes out with uh, a barbed wire bat, hands one to John Moxley, or slides one. I think it's like a barbed wire broom. He he has a barbed wire broom, and I popped for that. To be perfectly honest, I thought that was re- perfect, perfect, perfect. What? So, I thought that was uh, very clever too. How much of the BTE Omega do you think we're gonna see in on actual AEW programming, Warren? I don't know. I don't know. It's still I, I'm I'm still very much in trying to feel it out. Because like, even on BTE this week, they were teasing some tension between uh, Page and the Bucks, right? Like you know, with Hangman Page, they, 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 you know, the the Bucks were saying, "Where were you?" You know, we just got beat down. Where were you? And Page goes, "I don't know. I didn't even know where you guys are with your EVP locker room." Like, oh, okay. Wow. So, like, how much of that are we going is going to bleed into AEW? Now you hear. You hear Tony Khan and the Bucks say, you know, well, BT is its own thing and, you know, what's, you know, Dynamite is its own. So I don't know. I don't know because we're, we're definitely not seeing cackling Kenny Omega eating, you know, an energy bar going, <laughs> you know, sort of giggling to himself. We're not seeing that. I don't know. I don't know. But I, you know, I think that eventually if he's getting attacked from both sides, from with by Pac and John Moxley, two completely insane, very angry guys. You know, I think it's enough to make anyone snap and go back to the, to re- return to cleaner mode because essentially that's what people are waiting for. They just want the cleaner to come back. Um, as as it, mentioned, it makes sense just like that. As mentioned, Pac comes from the commentary station to attack Omega with a chair shot. That leads to our main event: Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page drop one to the inner circle, which is Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Dustin Rhodes was real good here tonight. Uh, yeah. Chris Jericho was real good here tonight. I mean, honestly, Paige and Sammy were real good here tonight, too. This was a hell of a main event, Warren. Uh, Jeremy, I'll get your thoughts on the post, post-match post here in a minute, but Warren, your, your thoughts on this match. Super solid match. Like you said, uh, I wanted to point it out. Dustin uh, Dustin was a, uh, was a great workhorse. Uh, Paige looked fantastic again this week, uh, hitting all of his... Uh, hitting all of his uh, top offense, he looked fantastic. Uh, what I um, I want to give a big shout out to Sammy Guevara for eating it throughout the match. Like he took everyone's offense. He was the fall guy. It was it was fantastic. Uh, super solid match by everyone. Love the uh, love the post match. But this was this was really really good and advances storylines, advances angles. I loved it. Jeremy, my question is, why would Jericho celebrate through the lights turning out? This isn't his first rodeo. He knows something's coming after that. But he's still just sitting there like, yeah, Judas in, Judas in my mind. And I'm like, dude, come on. Your your homeboy is getting messed up over here with a crossroads. Why? 
Chris Jericho thought the lights went out and then they were just going to expect an encore from him. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah, he's a rock star. Yeah. Sean, he was just expecting everyone to start clapping their hands and well, stomping their feet. We we get everybody all over the place. Like Cody's out. You've got the rest of the inner circle. You've got the young bucks out. And one of the, the biggest spots is MJF in the ring. And the thing that I like is that the inner circle have seen the looks that MJF has shot Cody. I love that. And they're like, maybe this is the time where he can he can do this. Maybe this is the time where this piece of shit turns on his buddy. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I think this is their Sting Luger 96 right here. I think this is real special what they have going. And then when it does happen, I... I it'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. Uh what did you think of all this, Jeremy? I mean, we, we've got a lot of moving parts here. You you further the MJF Cody thing. You get everybody on screen, but this is very similar to last week's show ender as well. Darby Allen coming down the ramp on the skateboard to attack Jericho was awesome. Absolutely it is the most awesome. It is the most pro wrestling thing. <laughs> it is the most pro wrestling thing to have a guy come down the ramp on his skateboard to tackle another dude. Johnny I, Ace never had the balls to do that. He, <laughs> no, he did not. That's fa- it was fantastic. I loved it. That was great. I'm with you that it felt very similar to last week where guys are just running in and and this week the the baby faces stood tall. They can't do that every week, um, so hopefully they have a different idea for next week. And I assume the show will be headlined by Jericho and me. Uh, so hopefully we don't just get Cody and then the inner circle and then the elite all running in at the end of the show once again. Post-match angle was great, especially the MJF stuff. That guy, he's awesome. His explanation of why he didn't help Cody last week, he was there this week to help him. You know, everyone's expecting the turn. They're expecting it all at all out. They're expecting it tonight. I don't think it's going to happen for a long time either. But when it does, it's going to be huge. I I don't, and I and I know you know Cody Rhodes has said before heels and faces. Though it's so passe, you know, and I so I get what they're doing with MJF, but he's. <laughs> He's not a heel. Like he's not. He's very much, you know, uh, uh, flavor of the moment. You know, it's like if this if this works, if this. But he's not a heel. Heels don't get pop reactions when when he comes out. You know, I often compare him to to Jay White, who I think is the best wrestling heel in the business right now. Jay White doesn't come out to pops or cheers. He come he comes out and everyone just wants him to leave. When MJF comes out, they want to hear the silly quips. They want to hear him cleverly insult the audience. There's something that we like about MJF, and I love MJF. I love his character, but we we kind of have to stop fooling ourselves. He's he's not he's not really a heel, especially when they're booking him in situations where where he's saving where he's saving your company's top babyface right now. You know, it's it's. But I understand we're playing with the dynamic with the, you know, it's a lot more fluid. It's not as cut and dry. I get it. But Cody said he's not a heel. In the business. Co- Cody said he's a baby face. But, but, but then you go on. Everybody thinks they- they're a baby face though. <laughs> That's how it should be. Well, look, look at Bailey right now. She thinks she's a baby face too. Um, but, but you go on Twitter anywhere, you start getting up these discussions. Who's the best heel in the business? And everyone will say MJF, MJF, MJF. But uh, I get it. I understand. But he's, he's not, (laughs) he's not. Um, Jonathan Ma has a great super chat. He said, how is Brit's finish not called the cavity search? Credit to <laughs> credit to Trevor Dame on Twitter. Uh, that is brilliant, and he says also Warren, it's gin and juice. How did you how did you not know that, Warren? You are so painfully Canadian and white. Marlo Ronaldo would have known it. <laughs> Marlo Ronaldo would have said it seventy four times. Him, I just want to hear. I just want to put him and Ian Riccoboni in a room and just hear them out reference each other. Like over and over and over again. Rob Wilkins uh, said something along the lines of <laughs> maybe The Fiend and, and Becky Lynch go one overall. I would love to see Becky or one overall in their drafts. I would love to see that. Uh, Joseph Farley says Chucky e. T was wearing a Murray State tank top. Yes, representing Kentucky there. 
Ah, so uh, also, do I have your attention now? Uh, they s- says, "Have you noticed Hangman no sells a lot of moves?" Yes, I have. That's gotta change. It's gotta change. So I'll ask you guys in one word: Who won tonight as far as show quality? AEW or NXT? Jeremy. AEW. Warren. AEW. I'm on the fence. I really am. I thought NXT had a great... Come on, you coward. Pick someone. (laughs) I I, I thought they had a great show opener and show closer, but ultimately, I gotta go AEW. I gotta go with AEW. Well, hopefully you guys go with Fightful.com and Fightful Select. A reminder, Jeremy and Warren both have Patreons. Warren, tell them a little bit about yours. Uh, I do a bunch of extra content off of my show that I do every uh, Thursday on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That I do that live, and then I add some extra stuff, pay, exclusive live streams after the, the, the public live stream. I do uh, all sorts of comments, uh, quick thoughts, and and the like. You should go check it out. It's at Patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, or you can just follow me at Twitter, twi- Twinner, Tweener, Twatter, at Mr. Warren Hayes. Jeremy, tell them a little bit about yours. I just write a bunch of stuff. Write about <laughs> basketball, how depressing that sport is, and <laughs> hockey. Wrote about uh, NWA Power Debut, if you want to check that out. It's at patreon.com slash jeremylambert88, or on Twitter as well, at jeremylambert88. We talked NWA Power on today's list and your boy podcast. You all can check that out. We've got a Q&A show going up on Select tomorrow. We have our mock drafts. Also, our mock draft cards get revealed on Friday. And all the votes are going to roll in for me, Jeremy. And I am going to move to 3-0 and all-time in mock drafts. Man, I, I just you hope can... that after I beat you at this mock draft, you don't quit like Rob McCarron and Vince Russo did. Both quit the site. You can vote for WWE or you can vote for AEW. It is your choice, everybody. My God, I must, I must have beaten Harry Kettle and Andrew Thompson at mock drafts in my sleep or something recently. <laughs> That's why they're not. I heard, I heard that Vince Russo quit because you were too tall, Sean. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't like tall guys, and I'm very tall. He likes the really short wrestlers that do all the flips that's vince that's vince to a t uh speaking of guys we have a bunch of old russo reveals clips on fightful select as well it's not penis related it's about wrestling thank you guys leave a thumbs up subscribe we're out this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.